Turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake. Say, Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake. Say, Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake. Say, Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake. Say, Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Emmanuel! Yes, indeed, God is with us. Whilst we're still standing, let's quickly pray together. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask you right now that you would open the door of our hearts. Help us not just to be mere hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. And let your word penetrate deep into our hearts in Jesus' name. And the people of God said... Amen. Right now, you may have your seats in the presence of God. Yes, good morning, church. My name is Brother Chris I'm from the UK, uh, and I have the wonderful, incredible privilege today of sharing with you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And just as we heard in the song, acknowledge God for what he has done. I want to acknowledge God for what he has done in my life through Prophet T.B. Joshua and the grace that God has given me to be here in your midst this morning. Now, today I want to talk about something that I believe affects everyone, but most especially this generation that we're living in today. Because you would agree with me that we're living in a very impatient generation. Tell your neighbor, we are living in an impatient generation. You know what I mean by impatience? You see people rushing up and down, hurrying up and down, everything we want it now, instant this, instant that. This is the generation that we're living in today. And I just want to tell you a very quick story. This is a true, true story, I guarantee you. A couple of months ago, I was with one of my colleagues uh, in, in, our, in our room, and he, he was in a rush. He was in a haste. He wanted to go to, to the studio for an assignment, and he quickly went to the toilet first. And when he came out of the toilet, the bathroom, his face looked a little bit distressed, and he, he said, Chris, I think I need prayer. Oh, prayer? What? You just went to the toilet. What's, what's, what's happened? He said, did you know what just happened? I was in such a rush to leave the toilets, that I flushed the toilets before I even used it. <laughs> I, I hope you understand what, what I mean. He was in such a rush to leave the toilets that before he sat down to use it, he flushed first so he would not have to flush after he had finished using it. <laughs> now, why am I saying this little story? Because our generation today is an impatient generation. We're in a generation of fast food, microwaves, instant connectivity through the internet. We want things now, we want things quick, we want things sudden, we want to take a shortcut, the quickest route. That's the generation we're living in today. And the truth, brethren, is that impatience is costly. If you examine yourself, I think you'd agree with me that 
Many of your greatest mistakes in life have happened as a result of impatience. When we're impatient, we, we tend to disregard the fact that there is a time for everything. That's how God has decreed and declared it. God has set the right time for everything in this world. Just, just, uh, just look at the, when it's the day, the sun comes out. When it's the night, the moon appears. They don't swap or exchange positions. Have you ever heard the sun say to the moon, uh, please, do you mind covering my shift for a couple of hours? I've got a bit of back pain. Have you ever heard the, the, the moon calling out to the sun and saying, do you mind next week I'm going out with my uh, wife for some dinner? Do you mind covering for that night the sun just come out? No, they don't swap. They don't exchange positions. They're fixed. God has set an appointed time and season for everything that has to do with us. There's a time to grow, a time to to face challenges, persecution, challenges, troubles. There's a time to overcome, and there's a time to show the proceeds of victory. There's a time for everything. Tell your neighbor, there is a time for everything. Tell your other neighbor, there is a time for everything. But you know, in our impatient generation today, so often we don't wait for God's appointed time because our hearts are so busy, so occupied with worldly considerations. We're comparing ourselves with others. Everyone at my age range is getting married. I need to get married. Everyone is going for this particular business at this time. I need to join them as well. Because of that, we are quick to make decisions out of impatience. And your greatest mistakes will happen because of impatience. Just check your life. Check yourself. Whenever you hurry, whenever you're in a hurry, you easily make a mistake. And oftentimes that mistake can be costly. Costly mistakes that may pull you back or down. So I want to tell you today. First and foremost, God's response is not for those in a hurry. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. God's response is not for those in a hurry. This means, people of God, that we should be patient and let God answer us on His schedule, not ours. Because at God's time, everything is beautiful. Now, this brings us to the title of today's message, No reason to rush. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Just just give just give your neighbor a bit of a warning finger. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Take it easy. There's no reason to rush. Now you can give your give your neighbor a pat. Give your neighbor a pat. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Calm down. There's no reason to rush. Now talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Say Say, say your name, say Chris, or your name, whatever your name is, say my name. Hey, be still. There's no reason to rush. Calm down, take it easy. <laughs> because we're in such a rush today. So we're going to deal with that impatience. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, from verse 11 to 12, which is our proof text for today's message. All right, Hebrews chapter six, verse 11 to 12. It says, we want each of you 
to show this same diligence to the very end. Tell your neighbor to the very end. If what you enjoy does not last to the end, it is not of God. To the end. Blessed is he who endures to the end. You may, you may be great, but without preparation and time, that greatness will not last to the end. You can have some levels of success, but without preparation and time, you will face challenges that will topple that success. You may be blessed, but without preparation and time, that blessing will, will be fading, fading, fading away until it's gone at the time you need it most to the end. Now, let's continue. So it says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Verse 12. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherits what has been promised. What is the, the scripture talking about here? Faith coupled with patience inherits the promises of God. As a Christian, our tools are patience, perseverance, and endurance. These are tools, our instruments. Now, just imagine you are in your house and you have a fault with your shower. Maybe the shower has stopped working or maybe, maybe the toilet has stopped working because people keep flushing before instead of afterwards and you have to call a plumber. You call a plumber to your house to come and fix this problem and the plumber comes in and you show him the problem. Please, Mr. Plumber, help me out here. There's, the water is gone. I can't shower. I can't use the toilets. And the plumber says, I, I can fix the problem, but do you have any tools? What? You're the plumber? You're supposed to bring the tools? What do you mean you come to my house to fix this problem? You don't have tools. How can you solve this problem without your tools, without your, your spanner, your this, your that, all of the tools necessary to open up the shower and correct the problem? You don't have your tools and you've come to fix the problem? I think you would question the genuineness of that plumber. You may likely say the plumber is a quack. You may likely call the company and complain that you sent a plumber to my house without any tools. As a Christian, how can your genuineness be confirmed if we don't see your tools, your patience, your perseverance, your endurance. Hebrews 11, sorry, Hebrews 12 verse one to two says we should run the race with perseverance. Perseverance is an essential instrument for our faith. Essential. Perseverance, forbearance, endurance are the tools of genuine Christians. But brethren, so many times today, when we face a test of faith, we begin to look for alternatives, look for shortcuts, because we lack those tools. We're too impatient to wait for God's time. The Bible says that faith strengthens the believer to persevere even when the promise of God seems to delay in its fulfillments. Many times we are, we are struggling, striving against a certain challenge, a certain obstacle, a certain problem, and we don't seem to be able to overcome. And it's so easy for us to get frustrated, but we don't know that God is testing our faith. Let, let me try and 
quick example. We, we like examples in these messages. Can I get three chairs, please? Three chairs. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just a quick example to demonstrate the importance of patience, perseverance, and endurance. All right, are you with me, people of God? I want to hear you. Are you with me, people of God? All right, so this is my journey to the throne as Christians. My journey to where God has destined me to be my destiny. I, I want to show you my destiny in this particular example. This is my destiny. See the wonderful fruits that God has waiting for me. But in the journey to my destiny, I have some obstacles, challenges, troubles, temptations. Now, in the course of my journey as a Christian, I meet this obstacle and I try with my natural strength. I try everything to move the obstacle. I try with my intelligence, with my wisdom, with my connections. No way. The obstacle refuses to budge. It's a tiring exercise. Now, as a Christian, I want to tell you the identifying qualities of Christians. Christians have no alternatives. Shortcuts are not part of our vocabulary. Alternatives have no definition in our dictionary. We have only one way, Jesus. Jesus is not a way. Jesus is not one of the ways. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. There's only one way to our destiny, Jesus. Jesus. There's no other way. So if I meet this obstacle and I'm trying, trying, trying to move it, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've tried everything, and the obstacle refuses to budge, what do I do as a Christian? I wait patiently for the Lord. To a man of faith, delay is not denial. Don't misinterpret God's silence as rejection. Even when he seems to be quiet, God is still saying something. Perhaps in this obstacle, God is telling you, he's speaking to you saying, my son, be patient. I am preparing you for the challenges ahead. My daughter, be patient. There's no reason to rush. I'm strengthening your desire for me because there is a time and season for everything. But our generation today, impatience, in a hurry, in a haste, in a rush, we meet this obstacle, we try to move it no way, we begin to look around. Maybe there's another way. Maybe there's another way. The moment you have that thought that there's another way, there's a shortcut, there's an alternative, don't worry, Satan is there to provide you one. Chris, come over here. What? Where? This way, this way, this way, come, this way. Come, come, come here, this way. What's going on? Chris, go upstairs. There's a quick way. God doesn't want you to know that way, but it will take you straight to the destiny, straight to the throne, shortcut, not all these obstacles. Let's go. Come on, let, let me show you the shortcut. I'm gonna show you the shortcut right now. Satan will say, look, it's just this way, just round the corner, just round the corner. You'll get there very fast. Because we are so young, 
We believe we can do it on our own without reference to God. We trust our, our wisdom, trust our intelligence, trust our connections, trust our science, trust our organizations, trust our works. We say, okay, let's go. Now, the first thing that happens when you take an alternative, let me tell you, when you leave God's ways, you are on your own. What does this mean? No God, no guide, no protection, no direction. Satan can easily strike. Satan can easily hit you. He can hit you with temptation. He can hit you with destruction. He can hit you with distraction. Why? But before you know, you think you're on the way to your destiny. You just take time. Maybe there's a friend there. Sit down, have a chat. Start a business conversation, business deal going on. You're delaying. Instead of you to be moving to your destiny, you're moving away. Instead of you being closer to God, you're drawing away. Satan may suddenly send a beautiful lady your way. Temptation comes. Temptation strikes. All of the time, the direction you took that you thought would take you on a shortcut is ending up taking you away from your destiny. Away from, from the the ways of God, and we're deceived. In this process, many of us begin to touch what we're not supposed to touch. We begin to taste what we're not supposed to taste. We begin to see what we're not supposed to see. When you get to a point here, you say, how do I go on? They say, look, this man over here, he will help you. He has connections, he has money, he has this, he has that, he has everything, but he needs you to do this. You must do this first. Compromise your faith. Compromise your Christianity. You must do this. You must do that. Join this association. Join this society. And in the process of trying to beat God's appointed time, many of us find ourselves entangled with conditions we are unable to meet, thus jeopardizing our career and the promise of God in our lives. Some of us can even steal, kill, destroy thinking that we're going to get to our destiny, not knowing we're being led on a wild goose chase. You say, I must be getting there yet. I must be nearly there. What's happening? I must almost be there. You say, oh, look, there's a way through the back here. Let me try around the back. Maybe this will take me to my destiny. Maybe this will take me to the throne. Maybe this will take me there. You try around the back. You come all the way over here. You look up here. Oh, my God. Do you know what's happened? I finally reached a dead end. No way here, no way there, only way back. I've gone all this way, wasted so much time, wasted so many opportunities, thinking I'm taking a shortcut, thinking it will take me to my destiny, and each suggestion of Satan has only taken me away. And look, I can see it. I can see the destiny there. I can see it but I can't get there. Oh, it's very painful. It's very painful, people of God. <laughs> it's very painful. Let me, let me tell you something. Only Jesus, the owner of your destiny, can take you to your destiny. Political connections cannot. Worldly associations cannot. Powerful affiliations cannot. Only Jesus! And now here I am. I've got, to, I've got to now go back. 
I've got to retrace my steps. I've wasted so much time. I've got my hands dirty. I've got my heart corrupted, thinking I'm going to my destiny, thinking I'm getting to the, to the throne, not knowing I'm only destroying myself. Oh, God. So here we are, retracing our steps. Many old people today are doing what they were supposed to have done when they were younger. They tried to move the hands of the clock forward. They tried to beat God's time. And they found themselves back to where they began. Back to where they started. Back to square one. Here I am again. Here I am again with the same obstacle. Now, let me tell you something, people of God. If I had waited patiently for the Lord, if I had not listened to that deceptive, destructive voice, let me, let me tell you what have happened. Can I, can I just, sorry, sir, just come here. For this example, my brother here will represent me and you, and I'm going to represent God, okay, when you're in this kind of situation. So my brother, just, just stand here, just stand here. My brother has tried everything to remove the obstacle, tried power, might, human effort, no way. And he's waiting on God, waiting for God's time. God, the moment he sees that this is my son, he has enough experience and maturity. He has enough, he's been prepared well enough. He has those tools of patience, perseverance, and endurance. His desire for Christ is to be strengthened. Do you know what God will do? Come, sir, follow me. Come. Come, come, take your destiny, take it, take it. You can take it, you can take it, don't worry, it's yours, that's a special gift. <laughs> you take it. Now what happened there? At God's appointed time, you will move without any personal effort required, without any stress, without any tension, without any pressure. You just move because God has already prepared the way. I'm sorry, I, I made the altar a bit dirty. Let me quickly clean up. Thank you very much. We can take the chairs. Now, what am I trying to say here, brethren? No matter your situation as a Christian, God is always one step ahead of you. He's there. He's with you in the trial. He's with you in the trouble. He may not seem to respond immediately because he's testing your patience. He wants to make sure that by the time you reach your destiny, you will not crack, explode, and lose everything because you don't have enough preparation. Look at the, the three men, three Hebrew men that were thrown into the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar and his, his servants and all his aides looked in and they saw four men. And the fourth looked like the Son of God. Because before they were thrown into the furnace, Jesus was already one step ahead of them. I don't know what furnace you have been thrown in today. I don't know what you are facing. Perhaps you're in the furnace of false accusation the furnace of persecution. 
the furnace of disappointment or sickness. One thing I know, people of God, as Christians, God is one step ahead of you. Don't give up. Don't give in. Allow Him to stay burning within you so you can endure whatever condition you face and your challenges will make you stronger. Jesus Christ is the, the best example of this incredible principle. You know the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus lived on the earth 33 years. The first 30 years were preparation. Even though he knew he had come to change the world, save the world, deliver the world, he waited patiently for the fullness of time. Just imagine how many people went into his carpenter's shop who were sick and oppressed and demon-possessed, and he had the power to set them free, deliver them, but it was not yet time. Even when he started his ministry, his mother, his brothers were urging him, go ahead, go on, show yourself to the world. Jesus said, my time has not yet come. For you, any time can be right. In three years, Jesus Christ turned the entire world upside down. But look, today, even, even this impatience has infiltrated kingdom business. You see people today, that they don't want to march with God. They just want to march for Him. You know, marching with God is a time of discipleship. Marching for God is a time of acting on his behalf. People today, they go into ministry, they just want to go straight, straight to start praying, straight to start ministering to people. So many people, I've seen it, pastors, ministers of God from around the world will come to this church. They'll say, man of God, TB Joshua, please pray for me for power. Pray for me for anointing. But I've not heard anyone say, pray for me for character. Because character takes time and preparation, but character is the food of anointing. Uh, look, let me give you an example of this. I was watching a, a Christian program the other day and they came up an advert. They said, come to this prophetic school and learn how to prophesy in three days. Three days? My, my God, look, I'm not trying to tell you there's, there's nothing impossible with God. There's God. God is God, there's nothing he cannot do. But spiritual gifts are not subject to human timing. When, when Jesus spoke to his disciples in that book of Acts chapter one, he said, wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father. They now began to query him about the time he would come. He told them, look, Acts chapter one verse seven, he said, it is not for you to know the times and dates that the Father sets by his own authority. We just wait for God. We don't push him. We don't instruct him in the way he should go. We submit to his will. And at God's time, everything is beautiful. Look, I, I, I realize, and once again, I'm calling this, this message as a time of self-examination. I realize that majority of people, especially the young people today, the reason that they are so much in a hurry, so impatient, is because they're, they're comparing themselves with others. So I want to give you a, a powerful secret that I believe will help you today. There is no competition in destiny. 
What is yours is yours. You hear some people today say, ah, this guy took my star, he took my destiny, he took this. There's only one person who can stop you from reaching your destiny, you. Why, why then are we busy envying? Why then are we so jealous? Envying ourselves, jealous of ourselves. Envying is a waste of time. Let, look, let me, let me try and practically this. Sorry, sis, if two of you can just stand up, just very briefly, two of you. Now, do you know the problem that so many of us have today? Let's see, my, my brothers here are colleagues, and they are both doing business. Today, you will see that perhaps one of them, the business starts moving, the business starts running. The other one of them, the business is a little bit slow, a little bit stagnant. They'll begin to look and say, what is this guy doing that his business is running? After all, I, I, I started the business before him. I'm more equipped. I, I, I have more experience. What's going on? Maybe he's gone somewhere. Maybe there's a charm. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. You begin to look for faults. You begin to, to diagnose this and diagnose that. Envy, jealousy, comparing yourself with others. But let me tell you something, people of God. My brother's time to walk. Be me, my brother's time to run. And this, my brother's time to run, may be his time to walk. Why then are we jealous of ourselves? Why do we compare ourselves? Our, our journey is different. What matters is that you follow the ways of the Lord. You follow the ways of God. That's what matters. Not that we are fighting ourselves, envy. This guy is he's young, yet yeah, he's gone up like this. You don't know his journey. His journey is different to yours. His destiny is different to yours. Thank you. You may have your seat, sirs. As I round up, let, let me challenge you. What you are praying for today, are you prepared for it? Many of us are praying, God, give, bless my business. Bless this. I want this. I want that. Are you ready for it? Because Prophet T.B. Joshua said that many of us want to become managing directors of companies, but we cannot even manage our own homes. Many of us want to be the owner of our own companies, but we cannot keep our own car clean. Many young people are here today. It's not just God that brought them here. They're looking for a young lady, looking for a young man. God, send me my destined partner. Send me my husband. Send me my wife because of your age. You see others getting married. Your parents say you must marry. Society says you must marry. But you want to get married at all costs. But even your own bedroom, you can't keep it clean. Let me give a word of advice to young people around the world, especially. And this is a message from Prophet T.B. Joshua. Because Satan is attacking the institution of the Christian home today. Marriages around the world seem to be scattering, divorces, rampants. Do you know there are two things that build a successful marriage? The right time and the right person. Please take notes. It is not the right person that brings the right time. It is the right time that brings the right person. Wait for God's time 
and your marriage will stand the test of time. No, don't marry because my society, everyone is getting married. At my age, I'm supposed to get married. No, wait for God's time so that by the time you're equipped, you're prepared, you're at the place of your destiny. At that time, by the time you get married, you can manage your home, not just populate the world with children that will end up becoming a nuisance to society, but bring children that will build, invest, and change the world. In conclusion, God does not want any one of us to come to the end of our days saying, I could have been, I should have been, I would have been. It would be very painful if you realize this by the time your, your hairs have grayed and your strength has waned and your, your dreams have been scattered. waits patiently for the Lord. God's time is the best. I'm not, I'm not saying you should be idle. I'm not saying you should just sit down and say, let God's time come. No. You work as if everything depends on you. Pray as if everything depends on God. You combine hard work with quiet confidence in God for the future. You make use of every opportunity that comes your way and see every minute as important. But one thing you must know, only by trusting in Christ can your life have value. Only by trusting in Christ can your life have meaning. You'll be able to say with the psalmist, what else do I want in heaven but God? Since I have God, what else do I want on earth? My mind, my body may grow weak, but God is my strength. He is all I need. Brethren, there's no reason to rush. For I want to assure you, we shall reach the end of this road in God's time, in God's way, for God's glory. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts, in Jesus' name.